welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker and I, along with my nine-month-year-old child, are going to break down the Ottawa Senators and the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, if you hear a baby in the background, it, it isn't Justin, it's uh, it's actually my my baby, so... Um, I figured the baby would have been you, if anything, uh, after Toronto. My goodness. True, true. <laughs> I I was legitimately whining, and I was throwing a hissy fit. I was I texted you and said I'm I might actually consider becoming a Red Wings fan because I just I don't know how much of this I can take. And I really started to think, you know, I, I was like, you know, if I had just been a Red Wings fan when I moved to Michigan in 1995, I could have had the best hockey life. <laughs> Anyone could ever ask for. I have four Stanley Cups, and and be in six finals, lots of conference finals. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. And now I'm raising my kid to be a Leafs fan, and that's that might be the the biggest sin of all. Oh, boy. So you're not even giving her the freedom of choice here. That's just oh, well. That's I, rough. I think that I I think that I'm well. You know, if you had asked me like five years ago. I would have said no. Like my kid can't be a Red Wings fan, but now I think I'll say, you know, hey, we're you can be a Red Wings fan and a Leafs fan, and that's fine. But if they play each other in the finals or the playoffs, you have to be a Leafs fan. That that'll be my only okay. caveat. That's fair. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I'm I'm willing to. I I don't I don't want to be like my dad who told me I had to hate the Red Wings and uh, and well, it was very fun. It was. It has been fun at times when you know people just get randomly angry at you because you don't like their team. Um, that's that's an enjoyable moment. But at the same time, I think I probably could have enjoyed more moments had I just not been a hater. I was a straight hater. So I have I have a shirt that says Red Wings suck, go Leafs go that I made. So that tells you anything. Well, we have the Ottawa Senators and the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Let's start with the Ottawa Senators. What what was your take on the way that their season ended? Yeah, you know, uh, to be quite honest, I was actually quite impressed with the way the season went. I know, um, you know, all things considered, they definitely uh, definitely finished a lot higher in the standings than I think you and I both expected them. I mean, you look at the the end of the season there; they they finished actually twenty third in the NHL uh, as far as point totals go, and um, you know. I mean, yes, they, they had a whole bunch of, you know, youngsters in there. They didn't score a ton of goals, and they, they certainly had a lot of issues with goaltending. Um, but overall, I mean, the growth and the future that I see for this team moving forward, you know, even if Eugene Melnick is not going to give up another dollar in terms of, uh, you know, money spent towards the cap, I mean, this team still has a bright future. They've got, you know, young guys like, you know, Brady Kachuk and Stutzel there that I think really uh, – you know, have put this team on the the right path towards you know uh, a good future. Yeah, and the the I mean the goaltending aside, I mean there's nothing you're going to do as a young team when your I'd say veteran goaltenders just don't get it done. I mean that's that sucks in and of itself. But the fact that you saw such growth out of a lot of those young guys, especially like Tim Stutzla, they do have some really nice pieces already that are beginning to mature. Uh, on the back end and at the front end, so there, there's a lot to be excited about as a Senators fan. I I think you said it best: is you know, is this team going to be willing to spend money? And I suspect that when they are 
ready to go. And when they are actually showing signs of being competitive, that Melnick, like he did in, you know, eh, probably at this point, like six, seven years ago when the Senators went to the uh, conference finals and almost made it to the Stanley Cup finals, he wasn't afraid to spend a little bit of cash. Uh, I think that it just came to this point where, well, this team isn't any good. And why would I spend money on a team that's not any good right now? Like, let's just bear down and, and spend less. So I'm I, I'm hopeful that he'll become the owner we hope he will become. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, you know, speaking of spending cash, they've got a, a big RFA coming up this offseason and Brady Kachuk. And you want to talk about uh, a guy for me who I could potentially see as the next captain for this team, you know, I mean, 36 points in 56 games this year. And he's been, uh, you know, the last two seasons putting up at least 44 points. And I, I think that's only going to get better for him moving forward. And uh, not to mention the offensive production, but he just brings that grit, that sandpaper. I think that, you know, a lot of NHL teams would just love to have. And, uh, you know, for me, I think this guy just has leadership written all over him. And so if you're if you're hoping to keep him around for the long term, especially if you want to try to get him to an eight-year contract or, you know, if you're going to try to not buy out some of his UFA years and keep him to a short-term deal, this could, you know, potentially cost you a few bucks. And um, so, you know, again, we talked about the wallet there for the Senators, and they may have to shell out a couple bucks here for this guy. But uh, luckily for them, really, he's the only big name UFA or RFA that's that's coming off the books this summer. So they really don't have to go out and 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 spend on any other you know, type of player outside of this guy. And of course they'll probably want to bring in, you know, some free agents here or there, but uh, for the most part, this is, this is the guy that they have to spend the most money on. I feel like this off season. Yeah. And I mean, Brady Kachuk is the heart and soul of the Ottawa senators. I think that, you know, you look Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk, there's something special about these brothers. And uh, I think that Ottawa, I, I don't know if it's going to cost, a ridiculous amount for Brady Kachuk. I don't think you're talking like Mitch Marner kind of money or uh, I think you're probably looking in the, in the range of around $7 million. Uh, Absolutely. Him. I agree. Yep. And, and I, I, I don't see them not being willing. I mean, look at what they gave to Shabbat. They, they didn't hesitate to, to sh- sign Shabbat to a big deal before he had really played a, a ton. You know, he only played a couple years in the league. So I think that, Brady Kachuk, no problem. He'll get that somewhere between seven and eight million. Uh, maybe he signs a shorter deal because he he knows that once the cap begins to go up, he'll be able to get a, a pricier deal later on. And uh, so it might be less about UFA years and more about you know, hey, the cap is uh, the cap's going to go up and and my value will go up because of that as long as I continue to play the way I am. However. Not like Ottawa's up against the cap. So there's not a whole lot to worry about in that sense. They've got $28.4 million in uh, in cap space for next year. So they're doing just fine. Uh, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, there are some other other players that they are going to need to, uh, to re-up. I mean, Drake Batherson, he had a good end to the year. Uh, so there's, you know, there's definitely, it's not that Brady Kachuk's the only one left. The nice thing is that, yeah, you've got Derek Stepan, who's who's going to become a UFA. And even if he does re-sign in Ottawa, he's not re-signing for six and a half million bucks. Artem Anisimov is gone. He's four and a half million dollars. Uh, Ryan Dezingle, I mean, 
for what it's worth, it seems like he has the most success when he's in Ottawa. So he might be better off just staying and signing, you know, maybe just like a one year show me kind of deal. Uh, really, since he was putting up 40 points a couple years in a row for the Senators and uh, and he actually had a 56 point season in 1819, he's he's kind of come back down to earth. Uh, so potentially a you know he signs that one year deal there or somewhere else where he maybe will get a little more recognition because he's not playing on a on a I won't say Ottawa's bad uh, I just think I think we're gonna go into next year and they're gonna be the the team that everybody talks about that's going to surprise everyone right like it does I don't you look up and down the 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 league. Find me one team that you think could surprise you next year and make the playoffs out of nowhere. I think Ottawa will be a, a pretty good candidate for that. The problem is, you know, they played all these games down the stretch and they meant nothing. And those games, there's just something about those games when they mean nothing. And then when all of a sudden the next year, the playoffs and the, everybody's talking about, oh, you're the favorites and oh, you can make the playoffs. And that's when these types of teams still need another year maybe two, to uh, to really become a playoff contender. Now, yeah, they could slip into the playoffs, uh, but I'd, depending on what this team does in the offseason, I just don't think that they have the back end to get into the playoffs in this, uh, well, what will be the, what the Atlantic division once again? Yeah, I mean, you said it, they're going to be in a tough division back in the Atlantic next year, and um, you know, the odds of them obviously making the playoffs are going to be small. But, um, you know, I will say for all the faults this team may have on the back end, uh, they do kind of have a bright spot in, as far as, you know, youngsters go. And that's Philip Gustafson, uh, a minor league goalie at 23 years old. He came up for about, I think it was nine games this this season. And he put up some some pretty good numbers. I think he yeah, had nine games, 933 save percentage, 2.16 goals against him for a team that, you know, again, struggles defensively and, uh, you know, again, this team was was fun to watch. They seem to be in it all the time, especially I know I tried to watch a lot of the Maple Leafs uh, Senator games, and it always seemed very, very close, right, which was just sure. super exciting for me. And, um, you know, I think if this team can really keep things close for a lot of games next year, if they get solid goaltending out of Gustafson and maybe Matt Murray finds his, you know, his game again somehow, I think really this team could potentially contend for a few games and, you know, maybe push a team, you know, or push a game or two towards the end of the season where maybe they're a few points out and, uh, you know, maybe be on the bubble there. But uh, obviously it is going to be difficult. But I think, you know, again, they, they're a team that surprised a lot of people because, like I said, they were expected to finish at the bottom. And I think next year, again, if they do contend and, you know, even get close to the playoffs, they're going to be a team that just, you're going to say, hey, who are these Senators? Yeah, I just look at it and go, Boston going to miss the playoffs? Toronto? Tampa? Florida now? Uh, there's there's a lot in that division that uh, that you have to be scared of, along with oh yeah, the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> there's another right. team that now is is coming out of nowhere and sweeping the Winnipeg Jets, and they're in the so they're in in the semifinals, and you're gonna look at them as a as a playoff team next year. So I mean, the way that I see it, this division's got five playoff teams. And then when you consider what's going on in the East Division, or, or, or sorry, the Metro. The Metro, yeah. Once the Metro returns, I mean, maybe you see the Capitals taking a step back and like, I don't 
I don't know if anybody sees the Capitals missing the playoffs outside of like Ovechkin deciding, never mind, I don't want to play here anymore, which I don't foresee. Uh, some of these teams, I mean, the Penguins, do you see them them missing the playoffs? Do you see the, the New York Islanders missing the playoffs? No, like there's, so I bring up those other teams, the teams in that division because at some point those teams are going to also start filling up the wild cards. And for me, I just don't, I don't think the Ottawa Senators are quite there yet. And I think it's a good thing because I think another year of growth, but still finishing in the bottom of the pile is beneficial for them because this team still can, you know, should be using their, their and getting high draft picks, top 10 picks where, you know, you're not going to hit on every top 10 pick either. So, you know, hey, this year they hit on a guy, next year they don't, or vice versa. But you need to have that high-end talent coming in uh, to really compete in this division long-term. And I, my one question mark about a lot of their prospects, the guys that are coming in, I think a lot of them are probably more second-line guys when all is said and done on a really good team. A bat like a Batherson's probably more a third line guy. A, a Stutzla, he might be a a, a first line center, uh, but other than that, I I don't know how many of these guys are are high end goal scorers. That's kind of what Ottawa's missing still is those high end goal scorers. And if you could grab one in the draft and be out looking for guys that can score goals, I think you're going to be in a good place. Um, side note, Connor Brown. In the uh, in the World Championships for Canada was just lights out. So uh, maybe he comes back and is a is a new man for the Senators. All thirty five points in fifty six games isn't bad, but uh, Connor Brown took the a, a big mantle in those World Championships. And sometimes we see those World Championships actually spark a guy the next year in the regular season after getting some success. Like it's got to be nice going from a losing Senators team and going and winning gold. Uh, in the world championships, especially after they lost the first three games. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about this team's... uh, Let's talk about their goaltending for a second. You you mentioned Matt Murray. He turned things around. What Now, Matt Murray was hurt, so there's that, but in the, the Senators games that you watched, what did you see that was wrong with Matt Murray? Like, what's going on with this guy that just a couple years ago was... So good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we know he kind of had a fallout with Pittsburgh, which led to you know them getting rid of him, and he went off to the Senators. But to me, really, what was wrong with his game is he was trying too hard, right? And so you see him all over the ice. He he didn't look stable, right? Like, because I look at, at another Canadian team and the Montreal Canadiens, right? I've, I've been watching Carey Price a lot in these playoffs, and you know, again, he hasn't gone out and necessarily stolen you know, a series yet out of these first two rounds, and he hasn't really stolen too many games, but he's been so good positionally that when I look back at a guy like Matt Murray and I say, okay, Matt Murray was just all over the place and he doesn't look calm. He doesn't look good positionally. And so when you're just trying to hustle, going back and forth, side to side, and you're not set up and you're not positionally sound, obviously that's going to lead to a lot of rebounds, a lot of bad goals, and that's essentially what I saw out of the you know the limited amount of Matt Murray I saw this year. And you know when I when I again look at a guy like Carey Price who just makes it look so effortlessly. Obviously, I'm not expecting that level of you know 
positional soundness, but uh, it just it definitely was nowhere near the Matt Murray of old. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the, the it's it's a beautiful analysis because when he was winning a cup with the Penguins, he he was just always in the right place, always. It, yeah. He he wasn't super fancy. He wasn't making insane out of this world like Dominic Hoshrick style saves. He just was he was there. He was in the right position. He he cut off the angles like he was playing the puck correctly. And and you're right. And and maybe some of that is you know hey you're on a young team. Guys aren't playing the way that you want, and so they're opening you up to a little bit more. At the same time, though, it's not like this is new. You know, some right. of the reason Pittsburgh was willing to get rid of him was that they saw probably some holes in his game. Uh, particularly, I think that glove side is uh, is a hole for him, and and so I, I think. <laughs> and and I mean, we even I remember talking about that during the playoffs when he was in playoff runs with Pittsburgh that, you know, that was, that was the area that guys were shooting for. So, I mean, it's maybe the books just out on him, and now it's time to, uh, to come the other way, work on that and, and come back. And if, if Ottawa could get even average goaltending, eh, you're not, you're not necessarily wrong in saying that they'd be a playoff contender, um, assuming the rest of the team plays the way that they did this year. So, uh, a, a very interesting team for sure, the Ottawa Senators. I, I think they're one of the more like one of the more fascinating teams for the draft because they could do a lot at this draft. They could potentially, you know, they've got a lot of young players, and maybe they get involved in something and and they try to bring in a younger player in with some cost control uh, to move, you know, any any veteran. I mean, you've got Chris Tierney will be a UFA after next year. And, and he's been uh, a pretty nice piece for Ottawa coming over in that uh, Carlson deal, right? He was the Carlson deal. Yep. Yes. Uh, you, Nick Paul will be a UFA. He's, he's done some things for the senator. So there's, there's a couple guys you could see maybe the senators looking to, to make some moves and uh, potentially, I, I think they'll only be looking for younger guys. Uh, we'll we'll see what they're what they're able to do next year. Uh, shall we go to the LA Kings? Any any final yeah. thoughts on the Senators? I think uh, why don't you? Where do you think this team kind of is right now? Yeah, I mean, as far as this team status goes, there to me, they're a continue to rebuild team, and I think they maybe got another three to four years ahead of them before they're really a playoff contender. Okay, all right, three to four years. Uh, I'm I'm going with like I'm going with two because okay. I do think. I, well, I well that division is very good right now. I do think that there are some holes coming in the future because when Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, kind of spin you know spin their bodies out, it's that team isn't gonna, that that team's already you know they definitely have holes. I mean, Tuka Rask will be gone likely in the next couple of years, so I think they'll they'll take a turn and. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they'll probably be good for a minute, but I, I think Ottawa could compete and sneak in within a couple of seasons uh, based okay. on what I see from them right now. But okay, so let's go Los Angeles Kings. Uh, and this team has, they've got two second round picks, two third round picks, Calgary's fourth, and of course their own first round pick. Uh, I'm trying to remember where they're, where they're picking at, but the uh, oh, they're picking eighth in this upcoming draft. So 
a nice high pick, and the Los Angeles Kings kind of just, you know, they had a little bit of a surprising in like middle of their season where they had they almost kind of made a push for the playoffs, and it pretty quickly evaporated. Uh, to me, this is like a hodgepodge team. I don't know what this team is. I don't know what they're trying to be other than like, yeah, we're trying to get faster. I get that. But I, there's not really a, I don't know, an, a, a face to me anymore. Anze Kopitar is supposed to be, Drew Doughty supposed to be, but it doesn't feel like they, they almost doesn't feel like they fit there anymore for some reason. Yeah, I think the the problem is, right, when we look at guys like Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, we think of the old, you know, Mr. Sutter's, you know, L.A. Kings, those cup-winning teams, right? Those grinded-out, you know, four-check-you-to-death teams that are going to beat you two-to-one, one-to-nothing. Uh, but obviously that's that's not this team anymore, right? Jeff Carter gets shipped out midseason to the Pittsburgh Penguins and looks really good there. But, um, you know, again, I think what this team has going for them um, – you know, is the fact that they they don't have to necessarily rush if they don't want to, because I think they they to me have probably a top three prospect pool uh, as far as you know NHL teams are concerned. So they they've got a lot of really really good pieces coming up. I mean, we talked about it. Alex Turcott, he can be a potential Anze Kopitar replacement here in a couple of years. He has a, just a fantastic two way game and only 20 years old. And then of course there's Quinton Byfield. The 18-year-old center who I think next year can step in and be that number two center for this team to replace Jeff Carter's absence. And, um, you know, again, they, they've got some other young guys in the system as well. And, um, you know, again, this team has a lot of good pieces that could potentially step in in the next, you know, one or two years and potentially put this team back in a playoff race. Because let's not forget, when we go back to the old divisional format, they're in a pretty weak division as far as teams are concerned. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. They – uh they they definitely they have the pieces coming and and the potential they've got lots of potential i mean any team that that's been bad for 3 years all of a sudden has potential because they have players that were ranked high in drafts uh, i i guess i just i'm wondering you know hey what what are we doing with anze kopitar are we trying to are we trying to to just hang on to him until we're good again or is this something that, you know, are we going to start exploring maybe what this can look like long-term? Like, I guess the the way that this team is built right now is just, it really feels very hodgepodgey. Uh, so I, I have a, I have a hard time getting a, getting a real gauge for the LA Kings. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that really all starts on their back end. Their goaltending is just, it's been Jonathan Quick, and Jonathan Quick has not been good for a minute. It's been a while since he's really been a competitive goalie. I'd say like 17, 18 is really the last time he had a good season. And I don't see him getting any better. So you've got him for two more years. I mean, maybe he's the guy that you look to move. And, you know, if you're willing to eat half of his salary, perhaps you can move Jonathan Quick and, and, Really, that to me is the start of the rebuild. Is like get rid of your vintage goalie that everyone loves, but he's not good anymore. It's time to get rid of him. Let him go be a backup somewhere, which he probably would be uh, an okay backup. Uh, but you've got to do something to this team to to kind of say we're we're moving on here. 
Like maybe that's what it is with this LA Kings team. They haven't moved on from what they were. I mean, at this point, what eight years ago, <laughs> seven years ago, they won a fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah, twelve it was, and fourteen. It's been so a few minutes. it's been so long, and and we're still seeing these mainstays, and I I think one of them needs to go in order to really like tip these scales and and to just give this team a new fresh look. I think it's time to to and probably the easiest one to move is Jonathan Quick or Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown to me is just kind of, you know, he he maybe is that guy who's just going to be an LA King forever. Yeah, maybe he'll just after his deal's over, he'll just keep signing a couple million dollar deals and just stay with the Kings for as long as he can play. But I think it's time to move on from one of these big three. Drew Doughty, Anze Kopitar, and Jonathan Quick. And Quick, probably the easiest candidate to move at only $5.8 million. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, he's not the goaltender he once was. And I think, like you said, if there's any candidate, I think that's easy to move. Uh, it's going to be Quick. Obviously, if you're the LA Kings and you're, you know, you basically have two schools of thought right now. Either you're going to start a rebuild because you do, like I said, Turcotte, Byfield, you have a lot of really good young pieces. But to you build don't think around. they've started a rebuild? Well, I mean, not necessarily rebuild. I think they're they're acquiring the right pieces while they're still. I don't want to say trying to be competitive, but they're just kind of floating by, right? They're just floating down the river at this point. Just you know, hey, if we're competitive, we are. If we're not, we're not. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they is, had right? the second overall pick last year, so it's not as if they're right. you know constantly picking in the around 11, 12, 13. They they had a great pick, and Quinton Byfield looks like he's the real deal. Right, absolutely. And but I think again too, you know, um, but you have to also look at a guy like Anze Kopitar, who you know at thirty three years old, I don't know how much longer he can keep up what he does at his kind of pace, you know, that 70 point pace. Um, so, you know, do you want to go all in, try to get, you know, you know, acquire some veteran guys who can still produce and, and have these younger guys still kind of, you know, take over and fill in some holes much like, you know, again, like, you know, uh, Chicago Blackhawks, right on their, their most recent cup run, you know, they had the Taves and the Canes, just like the Kopitars and the Dowdies here, but they had young guys coming up who could, you know, the DeBrinkets who could come in and fill in those holes, you know, in the bottom, you know, you know, the middle six pairs. Um, but so, yeah, to me, I, I honestly think the best move for the the Kings is to just kind of float down the river, right? Let these young guys grow. You know, if the older guys like Dustin Brown, Kopitar produce, then, you know, hey, that's, that's fantastic. But, um, you know, again, if you want to move away from the old, like you talked about, uh, quick to me, I agree with you 100%, is the guy to move because I think there's still a list of teams out there that, you know, again, they're not necessarily going to take him at 5.8, but I guarantee you at, you know, half that, that cost at $2.9 million, I, I can probably name a handful of teams that'd be willing to say, hey, cool, we'll give you a third or fourth round pick, uh, you know, for this guy to come play backup for us because, let's face it, I mean, he's still a capable goaltender. He's one Stanley Cup. So, yeah, you know, if maybe he finds a little bit of his game again, he'd be just a fantastic 1B goaltender. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If I think if the pressure were taken off of him and he played on a good team, I think he could probably be a pretty serviceable guy. Uh, and I know he's a great locker room guy. So I, I think there's a lot yep. that he could still give. Uh, I just think it's time for the L.A. Kings to kind of like we need to sever this tie to the 13-14 Los Angeles Kings uh, that – 
You know, the last time the Kings won a playoff game was 2016. Wow. They won one game in the first round. And they've only made the playoffs one other time, and they got swept. So since they won the Stanley Cup in 13-14, they have won one playoff game and made the playoffs twice. This isn't a wow. good this isn't a team that has been any good since that cup win. I yes, they've had they've had good players on their teams. Absolutely. Drew Doughty's had some nice seasons. He's been nominated for the Norris. Anze Kopitar's won uh he's probably won what, a Selkie or a Lady Bing or something. What has he won? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's won one of those things. Uh, but this isn't a team that's had any success. So why are we holding on to this? The what happened seven years ago? I mean, it's I understand. A few years later, you're still hoping that you can put the right pieces around these guys and they can lift you to uh, the playoffs again. It's just not working. Now, Kopitar had a great season. I mean, he's almost a point per game player. The last two years. Uh, I mean, re- really, he, he hasn't really taken much of a step back. I mean, since 17, 18, the last four years, he's been very good. Uh, almost a point per game player. So I can't knock him on that. Uh, I understand wanting to keep him around because you do have guys like Turcotte and uh, Byfield coming up and you want somebody to be able to mentor them. So I, I, I understand him staying. And I, I think that he probably is... Uh, a good person to keep around at least for another couple of years. You know, a $10 million player is not going to be an easy deal anyways. So it's better, I think to, uh, to keep him around. And then when he, you know, maybe 22, 23, 23, 24, when he's got one or, or no years left on his deal, you deal him as a UFA, uh, or maybe you're good by that point. And then he's your own UFA and he can stay there forever. Uh, but, I think this team could get, no pun intended, a king's ransom for Drew Doughty if Doughty was willing to move. Even oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know you're not going to just walk into another Drew Doughty, but at the same time, Drew Doughty is not Drew Doughty from from three years ago. And I th- I think he's a very good defenseman, but are we thinking that Drew Doughty is a top 10 defenseman in the NHL anymore? I don't know. I don't know that he is anymore. And uh, I I think that maybe they could, maybe someone out there is convinced that he is, and you could really pull in what you need to begin a rebuild to make the next five to eight years great, as opposed to holding on to him and hoping that when you're good in three or four years, he'll still be good. Yeah, that's that's a tough one because, again, you know, you got a guy in Drew Doughty who's still a capable number one pairing guy on any team in this league. He's a right-handed shot. He still produces, you know, good enough offensively. Obviously not an $11 million cap at pace, but, um, you know, again, this, I mean, he's still a top pairing defenseman. And Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not knocking what he is right now, but you just right, don't, right, right. you don't need what he is right now. You don't need a, a real number one defenseman when your team's not good. Like, I yeah, I and think, I guess go ahead. My concern would would probably be, you know, say this team is good in the next two years with all these you know incredible prospects they have. You know, say they they figure out a way to to get rid of Jonathan Quick and they they bring in a goaltender that actually will you know 
bring some stability to that to that net. But you know, you you get the pieces up front, and then you're the only thing you're really missing at that point in a couple of years is a top pairing defenseman, and you've gone off and you've traded him. Um, so you know, who knows? You know, maybe you know. And again, it's even when you trade for a bunch of picks and prospects, it's still hit or miss. You you, you never know what you're going to get, but. Um, you know, obviously in today's NHL with analytics and stuff, usually those top, you know, at least 10, 15, you know, picks at the top of the draft are always going to be hits anyways. But, um, you know, still, I, I think there's there's going to be a number of teams that, you know, would obviously want to take him. But to me, I think the smarter play, if you think you can be competitive in a couple of years, is to hang on to this guy because he's just he's such a, a good, you know, presence as far as veteran leadership. And he's still a top pairing guy that I, I think just that's so hard to find right now that maybe it's just not worth moving on from. Yeah. Certainly if you feel like you are going to be a Stanley cup competitor in two years, then I yeah, you're don't trade drew Doughty, but I don't see that for this team. I think this team is three or four years away, maybe more. Uh, I, I don't really like the way that this team has attempted a rebuild uh, because I don't see them giving, very many young players, big opportunities. Other, you know, hey, Gabe Velarde, yeah, he's he's uh, he's been given some opportunities. He he had an he had an okay season, and uh, I, I think there are players that they'll find when they're good that will will have been developed in L.A. I I just I don't see a whole lot happening right now, and and you know maybe that is COVID. COVID was weird. You know, you're not able to get certain guys in uh, where in past years, sometimes late in the season, you would have brought up a guy like Byfield or you would have brought up uh, some other younger guys to just get a taste. And we didn't get to see that this year, but I, well, I can appreciate some of their prospects. I think that the Kings are they're They still are going to need like their veteran guys are, going to age themselves out by the time these guys, the rest of the guys are ready to go. So to me, they're kind of just, they're in this middle ground that's ugly and not a fun place to be because your team is not bad enough to, you know, granted they won the lottery. So that was fortunate for them, but they're not bad enough to be really bad. You know, Hey, we're getting the, we're getting a top pick every year for a few years in a row. Uh, I just think, that one of those guys should go. I don't know who it is. Dowdy or Kopitar, maybe both. But to me, this team needs kind of a a refresh of who is the leader up front. So, okay. but, but maybe a Dustin Brown and Jonathan Quick's exit are good enough. Uh, okay, so where does this team stand in your mind? Yeah, to me, this is a continue the rebuild, if you want to call them having rebuild, even though they're just, like I said, kind of floating down the river, acquiring what they get when they get it as far as draft picks are concerned. But I honestly feel, because how weak this division is and how good their prospect pool is, I'm going to say they're two to three years away as far as making the playoffs and being a potential uh, you know, playoff threat. Okay. All right. I. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey – Alex Turcott, if he turns into the guy that you uh, that you feel like he's going to, then you know, then you've got maybe you don't trade Kopitar because then you've got Byfield, Turk, Turcott, and Kopitar as your three centers. And uh, we know 
how beneficial it can be to have those three high end centers on your team. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I hope that LA becomes good again. Like it's weird seeing all the California teams just suck. Right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how all that pans out. And, uh, who do you think for the LA Kings? Is there anybody that you think that maybe goes in that expansion draft? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, if I had to just just looking at it right off the top of my head and had to just pick somebody without really looking into what I think you know other teams are going to offer and what maybe Seattle might want, um, I could potentially see a Brendan Lemieux getting picked. Um, he's a guy that adds a lot of grit and sandpaper and penalty kill ability in your bottom you know, six and at 1.55 million. Again, I, I'm sure Seattle's not going to be a salary cap crunch team, but he's a guy that could easily bring back some value. And I know a lot of uh, teams next year, you know, him being an RFA after next season, uh, you know, come playoff time at the deadline, he could be a guy that maybe some teams would be willing to give up a third round pick for. So if uh, they're looking for a guy that could pen- potentially bring in pieces, as far as draft picks are concerned, he could be a guy they could pick up. Now, do you think that they leave Dustin Brown unprotected? Oh yeah, I think they I think they will. But And you don't think um, that that Seattle would want to take Dustin Brown as a like, hey, we can bring in this guy as a flyer and and I mean they are going to need to take players with bigger salaries, right? Like they you need yeah. to get to the floor. You can't just have and and nobody wants to have a garbage team anymore. Like Vegas has set the expectations for an expansion team. So I wonder yeah, if I Dustin think, Brown doesn't get napped. Uh, yeah, but my, my concern with Dustin Brown is, one, he's he's slow as frick. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I, I think Seattle's going to want to get fast, speedy guys. And I think Dustin Brown is only successful because he plays with an elite center in Anze Kopitar. So if you go out and grab him and he doesn't have someone to dish him the puck and win all those battles uh, down the middle for him, I think there's, he's going to struggle. And I think it's just going to be a waste of money, especially because he's going to be UFA after next season. Uh, again, unless, you know, if LA leaves them, you know, unprotected and they, they feel they can get some decent picks back at the deadline for him, then yeah, maybe they do. But, um, you know, honestly, I'm 50, 50, but I think LA might protect him. But, you know, again, um, I think if, if he's unprotected, I still think that they'll stay away from him. Okay. All right. I like it. I, I think that he would, he could be the James Neal of uh, of the draft. Remember James Ooh, Neal okay. with Vegas? I mean, he came out scoring like crazy, and everyone loved him in Vegas. And uh, I think, well, Dustin Brown isn't going to score as many. You know, he wasn't a 40-goal scorer like James Neal was at one point. Uh, I think that he would be a good name to bring in. Like, he's won cups, and uh, they're going to need to sell this team. And so bringing in players who have been there before is certainly important. But we will find out. We'll, we'll of course, do a full expansion draft show, but just thought it would be interesting to throw that in there. So uh, there is the L.A. Kings and the Ottawa Senators. Stay tuned for more off-season reports as we move along here and as teams get eliminated. No Notice we did, too, because, you know, we're we're falling behind. So And Justin has to get married next week. So. <laughs> So we got to do more shows. So. Uh, all right. We'll uh, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you think. Let us know where you think your team's going to finish. And we will talk to you soon.